is the MLW Radio Network. This is Fatal Material with ECW legends Jerry Lynn and Mikey Whipwreck. Here is your host, Mike Freeland. Hold on, my microphone's not staying up. God damn it. That's because you, you know what it is. Bluetooth. Yeah. Oh, jeez. You need to jam a Bluetooth.com into that mic. I need to jam it in there, right, Jer? <laughs> yes. Just it's slam it up. It's it and it hurts less. <laughs> oh, God. Hold on. i got to ask Megan if she'll bring her toolbox in. Hold on. Nah, not like that. Hold on. Yeah, what's in that toolbox? Why does your wife have a toolbox and you don't? Hey, do we have a, uh, a screwdriver? Because my microphone's not working too well right now. It's, it's real loose. Like a flathead screwdriver. Do you have one? He's got a flathead. Must be circumcised. You no, know, the stand it's on, it keeps drooping, and I'm trying to keep it up. <laughs> flathead, please. Or I'll take a butter knife. Whatever. Whatever. Because whatever this thing keeps sagging, and it's really starting to piss me off every time I start talking. I just cut it off. It just keeps flopping over. It won't stay up. So you guys got the same microphone that Probably Matt recommended it. me to buy, right? Does yours keep Ooh. flopping over and won't stay up? It has like a kickstand on it. Do you guys have the same one that Matt recommended you? No, maybe not. I don't have a kickstand on my unit, no. So this is what I'm talking about. See? I hold it up, and then the head just keeps dropping down. It gets like real trippy. <laughs> No, it's just, here we go. Now I tighten it now. Now, see? Do you see the difference? Do you see the difference? It's all firm now. Okay, thanks. Why are you looking at me like I'm fucking crazy or something? It's just, no, it's just after time, this rivet has worn off. Okay, all right, appreciate that. Hey, I had to avoid Aunt Joyce at the gas station. That was not fucking easy, by the way. I know. Who the hell eating? What, what, who, who's eating something? It's got to be Jerry. Yeah, Jerry, was, what are you doing? I'm pouring out some wheat thins. Because I haven't really had supper yet. We had a late lunch. We had some great Thai food. Oh, oh, oh. There. Okay. What is Thai food? Um, from That's different than slip-on food. That's what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> when you finish, it's got your stomach in knots. I'm getting another beer. Another already? Wow. I was just about to say, he, he's speaking in plural form, so... He's a highly trained professional. He is. Yeah. I now have a monster coursing through my veins right now. You're a professional. I am. And, and here's the sad part, you guys. I could drink a monster and literally go to bed. It does not affect me at all. Can we talk about coffee again? No, I just I feel I feel like I've had so much caffeine in my system. I just over the years I don't I have a I have a what do they call it an intolerance for it. It yeah. just doesn't affect me. So do you remember Jolt you Cola? Quit drinking it. Yes. I pitched one time when I was about seventeen. I sent a letter to the WWF saying that they should have the Ultimate Warrior do a commercial for Jolt Caffeine, uh, Jolt Cola. I never heard and back. From I'm sure you didn't. I thought it would be great. No, I thought it would be great. Oh, that would have boosted their sales huge. That was a Jolt Cola twice the cafe. (laughs) (laughs) 
Wow. And then I pitched and then I pitched one in nineteen eighty seven when there was a cereal called Nut and Honey. Nut and Honey. Norman, what's that? Nut and honey. I asked a simple question. Norman, are you eating something? It's nut and honey. He lies like a dog. Kellogg's Nut and Honey Crunch. Crisp golden flakes glazed with sweet honey and real roasted peanuts. Irene, what's that you're playing? Nut and honey. Two can play this little game. Kellogg's Nut and Honey Crunch. I thought a good skit would have been if Randy Savage was eating... I mean, if Adrian Adonis, the adorable Adrian Adonis, was eating the cereal. Let me tell you something. How do you spell wrestling? A-D-O-N-I-S. How do you spell ability? A-D-O-N-I-S. How do you spell wrestling? A-D-O-N-I-S. You spell wrestling, you spell violence, you spell it all A-D-O-N-S. I wrote the book, I Am the Law, and I will show you, ladies and gentlemen. And Randy Savage walked in and go, hey, what are you eating? And he went, oh, nothing, honey. And Randy got all pissed, like, what? <laughs> like, who are you calling, honey? I never heard back on that one, either. But the cream rise to the top, oh yeah. So I ran up the street, and I had to get gas in her car, and I had to get coffee creamer, and then, um, I don't know what else. But anyway. What kind of coffee creamer? I think I just got in. The gas station will rip you off, because it's the convenience factor. You'll get the little container, but it'll be like four bucks. Does it have an orange it, label? It's yes, I got the Flaro. Thank you. Very good. It's the international delight. I want to say. Oh, what kind? flavored? Oh, what flavored? Megan, what flavor is the creamer? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> hold on, hold on. I don't know, but it's a little salty. Hey. <laughs> what flavor is the creamer? What flavor is it? What's the sodium chloride content? Yes. Jerry wants to know what flavor it is. Actually, I did, but that's okay. Well, yeah, Jerry, same shit. It's French. Is it International Delight? You're the legendary Jerry Lynn. I'm just Mikey Whipper. Yeah. No, I'm okay, the certified jobber. That's what I was. I was a jobber for the jobber. Oh, all right. Anyway. So, what French was vanilla. it? French oh. Vanilla International Delight. Back in ECW, Tommy Dreamer uh, one day was had a, a, like a, a quart of the French Vanilla Creamer. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. And he was drinking it. What? Ew. And we're just watching him drink this thing going, oh, okay. And we're like, Tommy. Actually, Paulie goes, Tommy, what the fuck are you doing with that? He goes, I'm drinking it. He's like, yeah, I Ew. see that. He goes, but that, that's a lot to drink. He goes, yeah, but it's only 32 calories. Paul takes the bottle and goes, Tommy, that's Perfect. preserving. There's 72 <laughs> servings in this bottle. Because <laughs> you just drank 2,300 calories. Wow. And he goes, I'm fat. <laughs> Before we go any further, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Blue Chew. Guys, if you would like to have a little enhancement in the bedroom, then we highly recommend you go on over to bluechew.com. You can get your first chewable. It has the same active ingredients as in Viagra and Cialis. Now, BlueChew.com is affiliated with physicians to work directly with you to find the exact dosage that works best for you. And since it's chewable, it can work up to twice as fast. 
Now you can take your Blue Chew on a full or an empty stomach. It only takes a few minutes to go online to bluechew.com, fill out some information online, and if you go ahead and get qualified, you will get hooked up with a doctor who can start the process quickly. Guys, no more doctor visits, no more awkward conversations, and definitely no more waiting in line at the pharmacy. BlueChew.com ships directly to you in discreet packaging, so you have nothing to worry about. Your privacy is their number one priority. And right now, for all of our listeners, you can get your first free order of Blue Chew by going over to BlueChew.com. Your first order is free when you use promo code ECW. Yeah, all you got to do is pay the $5 for shipping and handling, and you can get yourself ready for a fun time in the bedroom. Remember, promo code ECW gets your first order for free. All you pay is the $5 in shipping and handling. When you go to bluechew.com. Remember, chew it and do it. Should we do an open? It's a good idea. It was it was suggested in our pre-production text message. We should. Indeed. Mm-hmm. Welcome to another episode of Front Row Material. My name is Mike Freeland. I am your host. I am your leader on this quest down the road of hardcore wrestling. I am joined by the ECW legends, Mr. Mikey Whipwreck and Mr. Jerry Lynn. Gentlemen, welcome back. How you doing? I'm doing good. I'm, I'm back to normal this week. I was going to say, I was going to ask you how your bowels are. And, uh, oh, my are you God. Feeling, are you feeling ba- What? Listen here, Lynn, because I'm a, con- a concerned friend, I care about Mikey and his stomach issues, so you're feeling better? Well, I oh, care. Yeah. I'm still a cranky prick, but I, at least I'm, I'll be able to sit in my chair the whole time. I can deal with assholes, but assholes with hemorrhoids is another situation altogether. Don't have hemorrhoids, and, thank you. See, no, that's it was fantastic. The, it was the burning sensation. It was the Ring of Fire by Johnny Cash. That's and right. it was because he had that rancid eggnog. Wow, Borden's eggnog. Now we can have a party. Were you in these text messages? What happened to Jerry? I'm like, what the fuck is Oh, God. Well, okay, all right. We, we, are we going there now? I know. You know he's second-guessing my own health. I'm like, oh, my God, what happened to me? No, so, Mikey, you sent me a text message r- regarding this evening, which was fine. Can we and start at 8 o'clock, I said. Right, absolutely. Because I knew we start at 8 o'clock. Maybe by 825 we'll be ready. <laughs> we are literally like a bunch of women. Who are we? <laughs> what are we talking about? <clears throat> we not all three of us. Wrong with being a woman. I am just not. No. I'm saying the way we get ready for things. We take forever. That's the point that I was trying to make. Yeah, I don't take forever. Eh, I don't know. There have been some moments. I mean, so it no. says, can we start at 8 o'clock? And I said, sure. And um, uh, what happened here? I said, you said something else here. And then you said, Jerry, question mark. And then I respond back. Is that okay um, with Jerry? And I said, don't know yet. You said, don't know what? And I just I just stopped talking at that point. Yeah. Should have just said, who's on first? Is it okay with Jerry? I replied, don't know yet. And you said, don't know what? Directly <laughs> responding to your question, is it okay with Jerry? <laughs> and then Jerry replied, yes, okay. Which then you replied, did something happen to Jerry? <laughs> and I said, what? Why would you think that one? Because you replied that I didn't know something. Texting is ambiguous. Oh. I said, I well, never replied to statements. And Jerry's like, oh, my God, what happened to me? 
<laughs> we went to Gatlinburg where we got married and spent the weekend there. Very nice. So, yeah, yeah it was really nice. And guess who we ran into? We went and had Hi. breakfast at this place called Sawyer's. I can't remember what else it's called. Something, I don't know. It's one of those breakfast brunch places that closes early. And right. Really good food. And we always call it like Bart, Bart Sawyer's or something. And so, okay. uh, so we got done eating and we're up at the checkout pan. And Pam says to me, she goes, is that AJ? And I look over and sitting waiting to get seated is AJ and his wife, Wendy. AJ Styles. Oh, very nice. nice. And so an idiot like me, I didn't even think of, you know, kayfabing. I yell out, AJ. <laughs> and I thought, oh, well, after I did it, I thought, I should have said Alan, you know. And he and he looks up and he jumps up and he, he goes, I'm coming over there. I said, no, we'll come around because of the way this, the restaurant was set up. But, uh, but it was funny. We sat they were we sat with them in the waiting area a little bit and then when they were getting seated to go eat their breakfast we were going to leave and they said no no come join us so we sat there and we're dying they said when they first heard someone yell out aj they thought oh no it's a, we just mm-hmm. got recognized because aj had his baseball cap on and he had his head down really low looking at his phone and but uh no it was a good time and we sat are blowing his spot i was right? gonna say completely killing oh. his cover here I apologize to you him. You should have held AJ Styles' phenomenal one. Just really, just really. <laughs> <good life. laughs> Jerry, have you or Mikey ever had a moment where you're, you've been right, out and someone enemy. has yelled your name? Yeah, but we're not going to talk about that. That's a private moment with the lights off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh. I- well, wait, you told me, Mikey, about the guy who was following you around the mall, right? What, what was the story? The guy would follow you around the mall, and he wouldn't yeah, he leave wa- you alone? He kick my ass because I didn't beat up Steve Austin for stealing my move. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. I told you, That's I told like, Steve that, and Steve's reply was, God, people are fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> said, indeed. So I'm sure a lot of fans want to know, what does AJ Styles eat for breakfast? Gosh, you know what? I'm trying to think what he had. Why can't I remember? Because really, Mike, it's not that important. Right. I can't even remember. I think he made. I, I was. I was just making conversation. AJ yeah. had eggs. Oh. Oh. With wheat toast. <laughs> and chocolate milk. Butter. I. I can't even remember what he had. To tell you the truth. Pancake. Listen to Mikey's name food out. It's like... <laughs> I know. I thought you were going to say you are getting horny. I was going to say it's getting very dirty with Mikey meant Chocolate milk. <laughs> Give me a milk. <laughs> you are my density. <laughs> that just went over the head of 98% of our audience. I knew exactly what you were talking about. Freeland included. Why you, well, you got to throw me into that group? Didn't really do anything special except uh, Gatlinburg may have felt a you know slight earthquake tremor there. Oh, <laughs> man! I like the fact like that he you... said. I like the fact that he said slight tremor. <laughs> All right. 
I'm talking about at least 6.8 on the Richter scale. Come on. Oh, that's not bad. 6.8's not bad. Well, that was good. That was a, you take a plenty of pictures. I'm sure your wife liked to take pictures. No, we don't want to do that. No, I'm not. <laughs> fucking sicko. I'm not saying taking pictures of that. Wow. Oh, man. Okay. All right. Personal. So how was your weekend, Mikey? I saw a stack of cookies. Oh, my God. They're back. Oh, no. (laughs) 115 (laughs) cases or so. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wait, that's cases. How many boxes are in each case? 12, I think. Oh, jeez. Yeah, no, it's, it's a lot. You going to be hitting Lowe's again? Lowe's, Walmart, you name it. Wow. Going to plant them all over the city, huh? That's it. Well, there's troop heat because then there's different troops within the area who they have oh, to like, wow. raffle off the, uh, the different areas, the different spots. This is almost like the Crips and Bloods. You know, it is. <laughs> having their own territory. Hi. You guys want some cookies? Because there's fucking different names for this shit. These cookies. <laughs> I can't. I just can't. I, I can't. What's the different names? Well, some places the the caramel ones they're called Samoas or Samoas. I love those. Well, up here by me they're called caramel delights. They're not called Samoas. What? Yes, and then you have like tagalongs. Hmm, I've heard of those. What kind are those? Well, they're not called tagalongs up here. Up here they're called peanut butter patties. Oh, I was gonna say are they the peanut butter? Yeah. There's like peanut butter sandwich, which is more like a like a hard cookie with peanut butter in the middle. It's like a peanut, peanut butter, butter Oreo? Yes. Except it's not chocolate. It's like I guess like a peanut butter cookie and like peanut butter. Oh, like a nutter butter. Yes. There you go. Perfect. And then the peanut butter patties are more like a Reese's peanut butter cup. Yes. Do they still make the lemon ones? Well, that depends, Jerry. There's lemonades and there's lemon lemon heads or lemon something. <laughs> Just as long as there's a lemon cookie. There's some sort of lemon cookie. Okay. I was wondering. I thought I, thought I heard they were going to discontinue them. They did. Oh. Was there an uproar? I think so. Like the one, the one kind has gone. Now they have lemonades. But I think these, these might be the last one. No, wait a minute. Tagalongs. I think tagalongs or something are going away this year. All I oh, fucking really? know is the ones that they're going to have, that they're going to keep having, are the fucking Thin Mints. The establishment says we're too hardcore. The media says we're out of control. Society says we're too controversial. But our fans say we are the single best wrestling promotion on the face of the planet. But don't take their word for it. Judge for yourself. Because live on pay-per-view, ECW's guilty as charged. Brendan Heaney mm-hmm. at Irish Misfit on Twitter sent me a picture that they made a barbecue sauce describing my uh, gastrointestinal distress last week. <laughs> this hot sauce is called <laughs> Professor Pain in the ass. Are you serious? Anal angst. <laughs> Butt blazing recipe number four. Extra no. hot sauce. Wait, that's the whole name? Professor Payne in the asses. Anal angst. There's wow. shit floating in this fucking <laughs> sauce. 
And I'll tell you what. Oh, no. It's $9 a bottle for hmm. 5.7 ounces. You should have it in your inbox now, Jerry. I just sent it to you. It's going to be in your outbox in a minute. <laughs> by the sound of it. Oh, boy. You have got to be kidding me. Oh, my gosh. I just sound like Don West. You've got to be kidding me. Get your, get your Mark McGuire rookie card, people. Wow. Butt blazing recipe number four. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's all on there. I wonder what recipe one through three are. Uh, and the guy looks like an old school carnival barker selling he does. his snake oil. Yeah. That's Professor Payne the Ass. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, there's a wrestler in, up here. I don't know, his name is Captain Fucking Tits, whatever the fuck his name is. But Captain Tits, he he, he calls himself Coda. Okay. K O D A, charisma out the ass. <laughs> That's awesome. He's got bigger boobs than most women. Sanchez Gino. Oh, it's it's hilarious. And then he he pulls like the old Lawler where he pulled down the strap. Mmm. And you feel like you got flashed? Yeah. What, what's his name again? Is it, 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 what is it? Coda. Coda? C-O-D-A? Okay. He used to be General something, I think, or Colonel something, whatever. So instead of the stink face, he give you the motorboat? Yes. <laughs> Mikey posted a picture on Twitter of the uh, anal angst saying, who would even try this? And the Mojo River fish says... If it was pickle-flavored, Mike Freeland probably. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> I was like the Mojo Riverfish. Yeah. <laughs> There's nine comments on this thing? Hold on a second. What's, I didn't even see this. What is the coolest place either one of you guys have wrestled in? Like where you got to the building and you were like, oh, this is pretty awesome. The Sportatorium in Dallas. Or the Mid-South Coliseum in Memphis. Or the TV studio in Memphis. Hold on one second. Was it was Fritz still there when you uh, performed down there? Really? I'm, well, no. It was I'm global, saying, so he wouldn't have been there. It was global, so I don't think it, he ever showed it, up. It, <laughs> not Stu. Oh my God! Oh, You're oh, going oh. in. Oh, Fritz! Oh. I can't even. I can't even believe he's going into a studio. Party. Hey, Jerry, Jerry. This hey. summer. Yes, do. Jerry Lynn wrestles in the sportatorium. What's that guy's name? Coda? I wonder how many people call Fritz Stu. Does he sound like him? No. (laughs) Why? This is ridiculous. No, doesn't even sound like him. Did they both do the claw? No. (sighs) What would would Stu Hart sound like if he's trying to... uh, if he's trying to whisper sweet nothings into Helen's ear, what would that sound like? Uh, Helen. <laughs> Mikey, can you take us into that room and no, I can't. let us he know what that say, would sound like? Helen. You're a fine young specimen. That is awesome. You're a fine young specimen. ECW <laughs> <laughs> One Night Stand, a one-time 
the lewdest, the rudest, the crudest, the most insane, the most severe, the most extreme form of sports entertainment legal in the United States today. The original stars of Extreme Championship Wrestling are back for ECW's One Night Stand. Live Sunday, June 12th, only on pay-per-view. cool was that feud though oh that was awesome and watching it spread to the you know mainstream media like david letterman and stuff it was great when he would wrestle those fat girls oh that was that was tremendous that was eat wow why they gotta be fat that's fucked up uh, it, it wasn't even that it was just it not all of them were fat just any of them well, according to freeland oh he wrestled the fat girls Oh, okay. All right. Let me pull. Let me Google a picture of Andy Kaufman wrestling these girls. Some of them, maybe I shouldn't say all of them, but some of them were a little on the hefty side. Let's see here. Andy Kaufman. So when did... Um, Body shape. These oh. people are now probably 80 years old. It wasn't even about their size. It was just about him, you know. He's basically the things he was saying and stuff. He was just degrading them. And it was just heat. He understood how to get heat, especially... I'll never forget the promo he cut on TV when he was saying, this is a bar of soap. Not soap, but S-O-A-P, soap. And he was just going off on the uh, the accent and stuff and just, oh. But I was talking to uh, Jimmy Hart about it, and he was saying Andy couldn't even go to the grocery store and buy groceries or anything. That's how bad the people hated him. He had so much heat. Oh, the good old days. I have the brains. That's how I win my matches. I say the bigger they come, the harder they fall. You might be twice as big as me, but I've wrestled women that are twice as big as me, and I've mopped the floor with them. Fritz died in 88, so... No. 90 it ended? Because when I was in Memphis, we did a... Yep. must have been early on then when I got to Memphis. We did a... Uh, I think twice we took uh, busloads and did combined shows of world class before it folded. Yeah, Fritz. No way. He did not die in '88. He died in 1988. I'm looking at it right here. Fritz von Erichs. No, he did not. Let's see here. Oh, okay. You know what? My mistake. My mistake. Thank you. Uh -huh. 1997. Mikey would know. He's the Grim Reaper. Well, that's fucking nine years too early. Okay, my mistake. My mistake. What did you read? I was. I. He died in 1997 at the age of 68. He was trained by Stu Hart. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> was it really? Uh, uh, Fritzy, uh, come here. And, uh, yeah, I'll uh, finish you off with the, uh, the claw to your cranial matter. And I will uh, uh, separate your uh, life from your body. <laughs> yeah, it's a train by Stuart. He debuted in... <laughs> He debuted in 1953, and he retired in 1982. <laughs> Jesus criminy. Seriously, dude? Holy shit. 
Interesting show. This, uh, this, uh, this, uh. Mikey, what was your some of your favorite venues or memorable venues? Mine? Yeah. Well, you know what? I should have said the ECW Arena because that was that was one. I, I guess I was thinking old, old, old stuff. I say the Mid South Coliseum was was cool. Um, for me, up here in the Northeast, being a big WWF fan, the Spectrum uh, Mid Hudson Civic Center was big. Oh, that's in Poughkeepsie, right? In Poughkeepsie, man, that, they did all that good stuff there. They did the man. I think that's where they did the. Well, that's where they did the Razor One Two Three Kid gimmick. Really? That was there. That's where. Remember that wrestling video, Land of a Thousand Dances, where they had them all dancing. Really? Yeah, that was uh, on the stage. That, you know, the stage up there, Jerry. Uh huh. Yeah. That was that was filled on that stage. Oh wow. I think that's where Orndorff turned on Hulk Hogan. Was in that building. I didn't realize there was so much history in that building. That's where Scott Hall made his ECW debut. And uh, for a while, I hated that building because uh, of the concrete facial. The what? Oh, that's right, from uh, RVD. RVD. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, that was that, those stupid fucking pads that they had. Oh, the mats that would slide on the floor really easy? Well, Paul's too cheap to get the big, the nice gymnastic mats, the nice ones. But most of the time, we didn't even have mats, didn't we? Or? No, because we only had them in New York because New York required it. It was, a right. state, it was an athletic commission law. So, yeah, we only had them where there, where there's a commission. Yep. But yeah, they didn't do me any good anyway. Well, so that's because really, you landed on it and slid. Yeah. <laughs> Atlas said, my hands hit it, pushed the mats back, my face slammed on the concrete, and then the mat slid back. See, I thought your feet moved it. I, no, that's what Atlas told me. It, ha- it all happened so fast, I don't know. All I know is I was in a world of hurt. Center stage was cool. Oh, yeah, you're right. Trying to figure what else was. Where you guys there. would wrestle on that lazy Susan thing, where it would spin around. Yes. Okay. What else was a cool building to be in? I guess the Omni was cool. Wait, did I wrestle in the Omni? I can't even remember. All I know is I think I saw the last concert at the Omni. It was Kiss. They were billing it as that anyway. I'm looking to see what other moments with the WWF was at the Mid Hudson Civic Center. Let's see, Randy Savage made his debut there. Wow. Mikey, were you the one who told me that you were there, obviously as a fan, but when they did the Hogan Orndorf thing and they did the whole they did the whole um feud, like in one taping? Yeah, I wasn't there for it, but yeah, it was it was one day. That's crazy. And they would say people would stay there for like I think they did Monday Night Raw recently and they did two Raws in one night or something to that extent. And people were there for forever, but well, they would do they would do three weeks of TV at once. Oh my! Well, even for, well, in the beginning when they first do the, started doing Monday Night Raw in the Manhattan Center, that was cool to go there. For, uh, when we did that um, ECW thing there, the big red building. Um, but they would do two nights. They would do the first week would be live, and they taped the second week. I just think it would be weird. Two weeks. Years ago, when I'm sure I told you guys this, when I do squash matches for WWF, I don't know how many weeks it was in advance, but it was like 32 or 34 straight squash matches. It was like an assembly line. And I think after that was all done, they'd have a big, 
you know, stars versus stars match, just so people would stick around through the whole thing. So one superstar would stay in the ring, and they would just send out a bunch of jobbers, one after another? No. You'd, you know, after the one star beat the jobber, the star would be gone, <clears throat> and then as the referee and the one jobber are walking back to the locker room, you'd cross paths in the aisle. Here comes the other referee with the other jobber to the yeah, ring. I it was like an assembly line, like a conveyor belt almost. Yep. <laughs> I, remember, I remember going to the Meadowlands, it was a TV taping, and at the end, or towards the end, we got Hogan and Steamboat versus uh, Savage and Honky Tonk Man. Ooh. But what did you have to sit through to get to that? Was it a Everything. bunch of squashes? Yeah. Everything. Yeah. But, for, but for me as a kid, like, I, I fucking loved it. Oh, sure. Yeah. Like, you know, I did squash matches. This is what you see on TV. Right, like, yeah. I didn't know the concept of a house show and all this. I didn't know any of that. Right. Until I went to a house show, I was pissed off. There was no uh, Piper's Pit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was so mad. Oh, I could see you. This is ball. I was so mad. I, the opening match. This, this is how. This is how young and stupid I was. The opening match was Bret Hart versus Jumping Jim Brunzel, and they went to a twenty-minute time limit draw. And I was pissed. Like this is the most boring shit I've ever seen. <laughs> and since it was the first match, was the building still, you know, a, you know, half empty? People yeah, still I guess I don't really remember too much. So I remember the first AWA show I went to. That's the way it was. The first match would be in the ring, and people were just, uh, half the crowd was still coming in. It was crazy, I, and I was mad. I was late. <laughs> I'm missing the first match. <laughs> I got to see. I think it was Terry Funk versus the Junkyard Dog. And I just remember Terry Funk just being, like, out of control. He had, like, a completely different aura than everybody else. Terry Funk. Oh, I bet. I bet. He always did. You know, it's not just a knock. Because, I mean, I think Paul Orndorff was on the show. And, you know, top guys mm -hmm. who I, I learned to appreciate now. But just Terry Funk just had that you know, mm -hmm. something about him that just stood out. Yep. And same with the Junkyard Dog. The place was going crazy for the Junkyard Dog. Oh, yeah. He's just bumping Terry all over the place and getting on all fours and doing that running head, that crawling headbutt. I mean, mm -hmm. people were going crazy, myself included. The AWA show I went to, it was the, they had the Crusher versus uh, Jerry Blackwell. And they came out brawling through the crowd. And I think we were in the third row. And they even, so I went running over to the aisle to where they were brawling. And they were... It, I mean, when you're in with the crowd, you're laying stuff in. I mean, they were beating the crap out of each other. And then Blackwell almost fell on me. And if he did, there'd been nothing left but a grease spot on the floor. I mean, he was a big boy. But it was exciting. Big match of my house. I'll bring my guys. You have yours. I've got Junkyard Dog. It's World Wrestling Federation superstars. I've got Brutus Beefcake. Here's George the Animal Steel. I've got Great Hammer Valentine. Ricky the Dragon Steve. Yeah. They're so real. And Rowdy Rock Piper. <laughs> Can you tell the difference? Yeah. 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 Wrestling superstars, they're for real. Eight sold separately from LJN. Yeah. I'm looking at this right now on the network Primetime Wrestling, which is, Mikey, that was one of your favorite shows with Gorilla and Bobby. Oh, awesome. So I'm watching this right now, and, and you can watch every episode. So I just randomly picked one here, June 26 of 89, okay? It's literally stars versus enhancement talent. Mr. Perfect versus Scott Colton. 
Brutus the Barber Beefcake versus, let's see, what's this guy's name? Tom something or other. Rougeau Brothers versus Tim Horner. Any of these enhancement towns sound familiar, people you've crossed paths with? Well, Tim Horner, wasn't he yeah. White Lightning, Tim Horner? Yep, he was really good, too. So he wasn't really an enhancement worker, so unless was, there he was, because down south he wasn't. Uh, Hillbilly Jim versus Fuller Stevens. So, interesting. Interesting. Yeah, so basically now looking back here, you saw the stars, but you didn't see a star versus star match. No, because back then you had to pay to go to the house show when the big show came to the arena in your town to see the stars fight each other. Yep. So they, even at the end of the TV taping, when they'd have that big star match, that didn't get aired on TV. For some people who may or may not be familiar with this, how would you describe a house show versus a spot show? Same thing. Spot show and a house show are the same thing. It's the same. Are you talking thing. about TV taping? No, I'm just saying oh. just a no. house show, a regular house show versus a spot show. That's the same, just different terms to describe okay. the same yeah, show. Same thing. Gotcha. When did you guys start doing house shows with ECW? Because originally you guys were only doing that, what, a couple times a month in the beginning. Am I correct, Mikey? Yeah, they still start doing house shows. They do like an occasional show here and there. 94, okay. I guess. Yeah, so by the time I came on board, they were doing house shows every weekend. Wow. Jerry, you said you enjoyed house shows because it gave you guys a lot more creative freedom to do different things and... It was just more laid back and relaxed. Am, am I was I interpreting that correctly? It depends on what company you're working for. Okay. Because Polly still, even if it was a TV taping, Polly would still let us, gave us the freedom to go out and do what we do. Right. And if you ran too long, he would just edit it, edit out something, so it would okay. fit the time slot. So it just depended on the company you work for. When and TNA, you know, they let us do what we wanted in the ring, but you you had to finish on time. Okay. So you had to kind of figure out, you know, like I'd tell the younger guys, don't put, you know, try to put 10 gallons of crap in a five-gallon five bucket. You got you to gotta stick to your time. Interesting. What about you, Mikey? Did you, did you like house shows? Did you feel like it was a little bit more fun, or was it basically business as usual as it was to a TV taping? Um, I, either way, it didn't really matter to me. Because we didn't, we didn't really have job matches, squash matches, really. You know, on, on the house shows, like I said, you get some, you put some more time in, kind of do whatever you want. You know, it didn't really matter to me. That's the one. I like I house shows. I difference. like house shows because we can work, we can get there a little bit later, and we can leave as soon as we were done. That. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where's the nearest bar? Oh, TV. You'd have to get there, and then you wait around. You wait around. You wait around a little bit. Well, the one thing I like different though. The difference between TV and the house shows, where I like the house shows better, was house show you could really learn on working the people and stuff and trying different things. You had time to do that if you needed. Right. TV, TV matches are, are, are pretty much a different ballgame because the object of TV matches are to keep people from changing the channel and channel surfing. So you got to kind of keep the action rolling to a certain extent to keep their attention. That's why Paul chopped it up. Yeah. Especially nowadays, because people's attention span nowadays is a lot shorter than it was years ago. 
What? Because they're. <laughs> yeah. Like you could watch the house shows on on like Madison Square Garden. Mm-hmm. Every month you could watch the house show at Madison Square Garden on the MSG network. With no commentary, correct? No comment. No, with commentary. Oh wow! They'd have Gorilla and Bobby or somebody at ringside. It used to be Gorilla and Lord Alfred Hayes for a while. But they have it there. They'd have the same thing up in Boston on the New England Sports Network. They'd have, you know, the the Boston Garden shows on TV. Oh, that's awesome! So if you watch those old primetime wrestlings, a lot of the shows, I mean, especially the early ones in like like '86, '87, '88, they were all it was mostly house show stuff. Like you, the famous one you'd see all the time was from Toronto, from the Maple Leaf Gardens. Yes. Yeah, the ramp. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They had that all the time. It's like, oh, there's the ramp. It must be it's Toronto. Yep. Or if you could see the parquet floors, you knew it was coming from Boston. Right. Madison, you saw the ceiling, if you saw the ceiling, you knew it was the garden. So I guess they basically just recorded everything and then used it when needed. Yeah. Like, I mean, in Los Angeles and stuff, a lot of the stuff, if you watched it on the, I guess it was the WWE On Demand, Classics On Demand. Yes. And I don't know what they have on the network now, but they'd, they'd have house shows on there. And that was all from the different areas of the country that would be on the local sports network. Wow. But this was before, you know, the internet. And this was before, you know, you could see everything from everywhere. You know, so the only thing I knew about was Madison Square Garden. And so you watch primetime and say, oh, that's Boston. Or, oh, shit, that's Toronto. Even after you broke in and you were working full time and wrestling Mikey, were you still a hardcore fan at heart? Were you still watching it and following it, or had it changed since you were actually doing it? I stopped watching all the time, probably towards the end of ECW, 2001. Just burnout, or just, you were just, you know, you had burnout, your fill? Burnout, had, my, had a lot of things going on. Right. Just enough time for it. You know, I mean, I recorded and stuff on the old school VCR, and if something I remember hearing something was decent. I go check it out, but I didn't have the time to watch it. Like as a kid, fuck, I'd watch everything. <laughs> I was watching Global every every day during the week. I was watching WWF, you know, Saturday mornings, Sunday mornings. I'd watch primetime on Mondays. I was watching WCW six oh five on six oh five to eight oh five on Saturday, six oh five on Sundays. I was watching like the Power Hour at like twelve thirty midnight on CBS. You know, but you get older, shit happens. You just kind of run out of time. Does it also kind of take a little of the mystique away, obviously, when you start doing it? Yep. As opposed to, hey, I'm a fan. I'm watching this. This looks great. And then you're there, and it's yep. like, oh, it I was, see. Once you're involved to the level like Jerry and I, like we were in, like we were in <laughs> it's very hard to get together with your friends and watch a pay-per-view and watch it with a bunch of fans because it's, you look at it completely differently now than you used to. So it was very hard for me to sit with my friends like, oh, did I go? Oh gosh, you're a bunch of fucking marks. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I couldn't look at it from from a fan. It's very hard to do it that way. And I still can't do it. Every now and then I'll get sucked in. So somebody will do something. The last time I got sucked in like that and was going crazy with everything was probably Undertaker and Shawn Michaels. Was the last time I got sucked. The first, in. the first match, right? The first one. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I, I appreciate like though. I appreciate good matches like high spots. I like I, I like I love a good wrestling match, but I just I just can't look at it from a fan standpoint. I'm, I'm thinking about that. now. Well, why they do that? That's interesting. I would have done it differently, but that makes so much more sense, and that's probably why they're on TV. Okay, 
Uh, you know, you, just, <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you still do road. it that way, but I just can't watch it like a fan. Yeah. One time I was on the road, and uh, one of the referees was getting the Ring of Honor pay-per-view. So he invited me to come watch it. And I said, all right. So, and there's another referee there too. And we're watching. And all of a sudden I found myself going, why did he do that? I said, he should have done this, blah, blah, blah. And then after the second time I said to those guys, I said, I'm so sorry. I said, am I rooting this for you? <laughs> yeah. Fuck oh, but that, I, and I don't know everything. I'll be the first. I still have a lot to learn, but I'll, that's how I learn is by watching and whatever. But, but there's a lot of times, too, where someone will, if I'm, like, go somewhere to do an autograph sign or something and I watch a show, and someone will hit me up afterwards and go, <clears throat> did you see my match? I go, yeah. They go, well, you got any critiques? I said, and I'll tell them, honestly, I go, no. I say, I was just watching it as, as a fan, and I enjoyed it, and I wasn't critiquing it and over-psychoanalyzing anything. I was just watching as a fan. So there's, I'm you know, there's a lot of times. Yeah, there's a lot of times I'll just stand there and watch it as a fan and enjoy it. And I I will And like you said, I don't I hate to watch everything and critique everyone unless they actually come to me before their match and say, "Will you watch this and critique it?" Then I will. But otherwise, I don't like doing that because I was never perfect and I don't know anything and I still have a lot to learn. So I'm not the, you know, the know-all end-all of pro wrestling, but if there's things that, st- if you ask me ahead of time to watch and critique it, if anything sticks out like a sore thumb, you know, yeah, I'll, I'll mention it. But at the same time, I always like to let it, you know, tell them something positive too. I don't, I just don't want to be just negative, 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 but I still like to watch a match and not psychoanalyze it and just enjoy it as a fan. I'm going to start doing that. Because every time yeah. I'm watching, every time I'm watching a match, I'm anticipating them coming and asking me, "Did you watch my match?" So oh, I sit there trying to, I sit there trying to remember. Okay, in this match, they did this, and, I'm, I will, and then I'm like, I don't fucking remember. I will only do it if they ask. Otherwise, I mean, I'm still a wrestling fan. I don't want to watch it from an insider's perspective all the time. Like if I go, I mean, if I if I'm not there as, you know, be, being paid to make a personal appearance or a special rest, guest referee or something. If I just get the bug and I ask a friend of mine, hey, there's a show in town, you want to go watch it? And they say, yeah. And it's a small indie, you know, maybe 300 people or whatever. I'll go, I'll yell at the heels. I'll cheer for the baby faces. I just want to have fun with it still. I think it's kind of cool that you can still enjoy to a certain extent. I mean, even though you guys have been exposed to it and you know the ins and outs and, you know, you've been behind the Magic Kingdom and Mickey's taking his head off and all that kind of jazz, I think it's... (laughs) Mickey. Ah! You know what I'm saying? When I first found out the Magic Kingdom was a fucking gift shop, you have no idea how pissed off I was. I was very pissed. I thought it was a fucking castle. And then it was like not. And I was like, You mean Cinderella's castle? Whatever the fuck that thing is, yeah. And it, Cinderella's cat. Well, and I'm like, Isn't that okay, cool. Story? I thought it was. I don't know. But it's I thought it's a gift. Sh- it's a gift shop. You can go in there and buy merchandise. So that's it. That's it. You go in there and you buy shit. They got like racks. I, to, to, the last time I was there, that's the way it was. Maybe there's some elements that are different, but you buy you buy stuff in there. Wow, that is disappointing. But I mean, you're, 
Jerry, during the show, where where are you at? You're back on the gorilla position, aren't you? Or you're watching a monitor or, or whatever, correct? Oh, um, my match is unassigned. Yeah, I'll be. Are you, you know. are you still having fun, even though I mean, obviously you know what's going to happen. Are you still? Oh like yeah. When we, when we watched Beyond the Mat, and they they had those two guys go out there, and Vince and Cornette and Jim Ross were watching, and they were talking about, oh, it looks like we need a little work here. We need to tighten that up, and blah blah blah. Is that the way it goes? Is that the way the conversations go? Like, ah, I, I looked at his left foot. I looked at this. I looked at that. Is that all that it is, or is it watched in silence, and then you make your own mental notes? Oh no, I'm I'm vocal. You know, if they do something good i'll be like nice you know or or if something go or if something's you know i i'm very passionate about what i do i love my job and um you know we want everyone to do well and i find myself talking to myself like if something's like if timing's dragging a little bit i'll be like come on guys come on guys and i find myself talking to myself but uh no i'm very you know, I, I'm into it. And then even the other matches, I'll be watching. You know, we always have a monitor set up for everyone to watch. Or I'll stand behind the other coaches or whatever in Gorilla while they're on their headsets for their match and stuff. And I'll be watching there and stuff. Or else I'll try and, a lot of times, I'll try and take a little sneak peek right through the curtain somewhere. Because I like to feel the, the electricity from the crowd. And so you can do a lot of learning that way of how they react to certain things and when and learn timing and stuff. And I just like to feel the crowd because it's just exciting. Nice. And I still, you know, every show there's so many, still get a lot of uh, goosebump moments and moments that give you chills and stuff. So yep. I love it. That's, I'm still hot at Zack Ryder. Oh, For that WrestleMania, why? he won the IC belt. I oh. fucking... The way they booked it, I go, he's winning this fucking thing. And I fucking knew it. And I text him. I said, do you get the finish yet? No, not yet. As soon, let me know. Not two days later, do you get the finish yet? Oh, uh, no, not no. We're meeting about it later. I said, okay, let me know. And I texted him. I said, are you winning this fucking thing or what? He wouldn't say anything. I said, you cocksucker. A simple yeah. hammer hand. You know how much money yeah. I would have won? <laughs> I was hot at Becky Lynch for winning the Royal Rumble. That's I right. Won. She came out at the last minute, and I, I even texted her. I said, "You cost me a hundred dollars." Wow! He cost Zack Ryder cost me ten grand. <laughs> Holy! What? That was the odds of him. The odds of him winning the belt were like whatever it was. I said, "If I put down a hundred bucks, I'm going to win ten grand." Wow! But I'm like, ah, I don't know if he's winning or not, so I didn't do it. But I okay. just done it, and he came okay. paid me the little prick. <laughs> I hope wow. Chelsea bites your hooters. <laughs> oh God! All right, let me ask you this question though. And, and it's I Darth think... Vader sticks a Ghostbusters proton pack up his butt. Oh my God! Oh jeez! All right, let me ask you this question here. You both know that Tony Nese fucking kayfabe me too. These fucking kids. I helped them get him a job, and this is this is the thanks I get. Kayfabe, Mikey. Are you allowed to say something to a family member, to a spouse, to a... And the reason why I ask this question is because on Bruce Pritchard's podcast, evidently, like, I don't know. In my opinion, I think it's taken a little too extreme, like, give me your cell phone, 
you know, give me all your stuff, and I'm going to tell you what the finish is, and I don't want you, you to leak it out. If everybody's a goddamn adult, can't you just stand there and go, all right, this is what's going to happen, and just trust that person ain't going to say anything? No. Or, no, are you nuts? But as far as your spouses, normally they, are, they don't care, and they're not going to say a word to anybody. But really, I can tell like, my wife, I say, hey, they're going to do the schnabitz up with the ramus and the mandible to the manipula pops and schnabitz and on, you know, DQ. And on, uh, she'd be like, what the fuck are you talking about? Either that or, either that or she'll go, whatever. Yep, that too. Because normally they know exactly what you're saying because they're used to hearing the lingo. But they're not going to care. But literally, like, whoever he was talking with was like, give me your phone. Or I, I was hornswoggle. And they were when they were doing the McMahon, you're my illegitimate kid thing. And Hornswoggle seems like he's a good dude, and he's got common sense. He seems pretty damn intelligent. It's like, give me your cell phone. We need to go over into a corner. Don't say anything. Like, I don't know. Maybe it's just my opinion that if you talk to somebody and you just say, hey, keep this quiet. This is what we're doing. That's about as far as it goes. Am I here's wrong a, here's, but in that see, assumption? Here's, here's, here's the thing, Freeland. If you have to talk to somebody and you have to tell them, hey, don't say anything, you shouldn't be telling them. If someone... You have to know who you're talking me, to. Right. If someone, like, told me, give me your phone, whatever, blah, 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 if they don't trust what they're telling me, then I don't even need to be working there. If that's well, how you truly feel about me, then why am I there? Like a certain... Let, let's just say hypothetically, right? Okay. I sign with WWE tomorrow as a okay. coach. Okay. And, and I'm out there well, as an agent, producer. Sorry, AEW has coaches. As a producer, and I find out, oh, fuck, they're fucking doing Sting and Taker at fucking WrestleMania, right? Uh-huh. If I went and told Jerry, I would know that Jerry's not going to say anything. Right. No. It's like, it's like you, you have to know who you're talking to. Can you see, do you see that fucking people are giving Jericho shit about his physique? <sighs> I have seen that, you know, yes. You see this like horseshit? I'd like to know yeah. what these people's physiques look like themselves. Like what the fuck? I know it's a fucked up world. It's 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 really it's it's getting worse every day. But he's almost fifty years old for God's sake. Right. That don't matter. So you can't expect expect people to look the way they look when they're twenty five. Right. I know. I know. I threw out here on social media any questions for the hardcore legends. So we got a bunch of people here. Um, We already talked about J Rad's question. Some of the Ooh. usual suspects. Hey, J Rad. Who the hell is J Rad? It's at Dodgy Adelaide. He says, "What was the last movie that made you all a blabbering mess?" And we already talked about that. That was the Notebook, right? Oh yeah, the Notebook. No. Oh, you know, you know what movie did? Yes, well, the Network did do it. The Notebook. Did, did that one movie yeah. with Will Smith? What's Bad that? Boys. No, Men in Black. <laughs> <laughs> Thinking, where's the emotional part in that? What movie did he do that was emotional? Concussion or? Honey, you out there? <laughs> what? Did... Oh my god! Hey. What? Pursuit of Happiness. Whatever movie he had, where he kills himself in the bathtub. What? Well, I've yeah. never heard of a Will Smith yeah. movie. No, I'm he... telling you, this movie, holy balls. He offs himself in a bathtub. Yes. Wow. Uh, get get Angel in on this because I've never heard this. Bathtub. 
movie. <laughs> I'm telling you. I love the way Mikey uses Google. <laughs> Seven pounds. Oh, that was the concussion movie. I, well, no. no, it wasn't the concussion movie. Okay, all right, all right. Seven pounds. Yes. Holy fuck. Yep, seven pounds. So that made that that got to you. Yes. Seven pounds. Wow. I would agree with the Alzheimer's movie, but um, the other movie that really got to me was I forgot um, about that one. Oh, God, um, no pop. Thanks. <laughs> no, what was the movie? It was a Christmas movie, and it was if the guy was never alive, and Die Hard? he. No, stop it, Die Hard. No, it's a Wonderful Life, I believe. That got me. What, Jimmy Stewart? Yeah. Okay. That was really well done. So okay, so we got we got J Rad. All right. Uh, what do you, you consider? Know to... You know who? You know who liked one of my tweets this week? Who? The midget guy. The midget, Rage the Midget. Oh, I thought we were done with this. I thought we were done I, with this. I haven't this. heard from him in a while. I didn't know thought something happened to him. What was Isn't it like Rage the fucking lunatic or Rage the... Midget's yeah. not in his name. I hadn't heard from him in a while. I, you know, Rage the angry midget? No, Jerry, stop. We're not allowed to say... It's 2020. <laughs> Criminy. We're not allowed to say midget. You just said it. the time, I thought he maybe got stranded in the foot of snow. Oh, <laughs> Wow. Oh, my God. Moving on. Next question. Okay. Uh, this this one comes from, let's see here. This person is Extreme Cast, and it's Extreme ECW Live Cast. And they said, uh, what do you consider to be an ECW original? I believe there should be a cutoff. Mine is anyone with a significant impact on ECW prior to 96. Oh, uh, should be considered okay. an original. We what should cut do him you off. Think? Say this is a bad cut, question. Cut me off. Hey, hold on a second. So I can't answer the question. Cut me off. Be- I don't be- exist anymore. Hey, before we all get yeast infections here, let's all relax. Hold on. What do you uh, think? What do you think would be considered an, an ECW original? Because there has to be a cutoff. Every like original, original, like. I'm assuming well, I he's it, talking Raven and he's talking Tommy. No, um, I assumed talking before it became Vince's ECW. Well, he's saying prior to '96. That's his cutoff. Oh no! I, when people say ECW originals, I thought it meant ECW before WD, WWE bought the rights to it and formed their own. I would agree. That was a flaming pile of dog shit. Um, but That's he's saying. Yeah, but yeah. but now but here's the thing: is there a cutoff from before being an ECW original? What do you what do you mean before? Like, is there a start date to this? Well, it would have been after after Shane threw the belt down. The very next week on TV, they went from Eastern to Extreme. So that was in '94. It was still ECW. It was Eastern, yes. Because if you think about it, Tito Santana was an ECW original. This is true. So was Davy Boy Smith. So, okay, and this is just your so is opinion. Is there a start date? No, I'm asking, is there a start date? There is no start date. It is not. It just says, who would you consider to be an ECW original? 
and he says anyone who had a significant impact on ECW prior to '96. So what do you, what do you guys no, think? He's, no, he's saying, and he's even uh, specifying even more anyone who had a profound effect. So okay. well, that takes me and Jerry out of the equation altogether. <laughs> exactly. Hey, thanks a lot, buddy. You just alienated the fucking show. No. <laughs> yeah, so he's really, you know, I don't know what he wants to minimize it to. I, I get what he's trying to say. I get what he's trying to say. So let's he's just let, to say He's trying to say that it got watered down. Watered down? Well, if would, you say after 96, I mean, you, you have somebody like Jerry, PJ, sorry. Lance. Sorry, I watered it down. Yeah. Oh, my God. This Oh, my God. Okay. EC, I'm going to throw it out here from a fan's perspective. ECW original, original, hardcore, when I'm sitting in my mom's kitchen watching the UHF, VHF channel, I would probably say Public Enemy. They were in there from pretty damn early on. Um, Sandman. Tommy. Are you listening to everybody? No, I'm just saying the people who I think would be who were there from pretty early on. Me. Dances with Dudley. Yes, I was getting to you, Mikey. You, uh, Sabu. Yeah, Taz. I would throw him in there. Terry Funk. Terry Funk. Mr. Hughes. Mm-hmm. Kevin Sullivan. Mm-hmm. Nine Eleven. Nine One One. Jimmy Snuka. Johnny Husky. Did you say Kevin Sullivan? Mm-hmm. Johnny Hotbody? Yep. Woman? Yeah. Sherry Martell? Mm-hmm. Hunter Q. Robbins III? Louis Spicoli? Jason Knight? Nene? Um, um, what was Brandy? his name? Why am I brain farting his name? He had his, half his head shaved and long black hair. Um... Hack Myers. Hack Myers? I like Hack. Don, Don, <coughs> Donnie Allen? Uh, all right, we can probably cut this question off at this point. I mean, there's Ian a lot. And Axel? Did you say Ian and Axel Rotten? The Spiders? Um, what was his name that almost broke his back on the rail? J.T. Smith? Yes. Mike Awesome? We Eddie? also... We also talked about uh, – he, he submitted two questions, but we already talked about this one. What's your Mount Rushmore of ECW? And I know how we – the Mount Rushmore question is kind of a hard question to answer. So so moving forward. Um, how many on there? Four? Yes. Paulie. <laughs> Are you serious? Paulie, Sabu. Todd Gordon. Dreamer. And Terry and Funk. Terry Funk. Moving on, next question. That was an easy one. Okay. All right. Uh, let me see here. In the 90s, I was watching ECW with my buddy in Peru. ECW tapes were circulating all over the world. Did you guys at the time uh, knew that you had a global following? Were you guys aware that it was with tape trading that was ECW was starting to get pretty big? See. Okay. So you were aware of your... Uh, Growing success. Yep. Very nice. Let's see here. Next one. That was Juan Pablo 
I'm going to leave it at Juan Pablo. I can't say the last part. Uh, Manny writes in, what advice can Jerry offer to growing and taking care of your long, luscious hair? He pulled off the long hair look very well. Oh. Thanks for the podcast. Wow. All right, Manny. So your question to uh, Fabio over here, how would you know that? <laughs> I can't believe he noticed. Um, it's You have to always use great conditioner. you got to use the Mac Daddy conditioner, which I always use like Biolage or any Aveda products were great. And... And I, there's a lot of times I got late, so I slacked on this, but every, like, I don't know how many months, you got to get your ends trimmed, get all the split ends trimmed off, and then your hair will actually grow faster, too. But it's all on the conditioner. Don't skimp on the conditioner. And what was that conditioner that you recommended again? Biolage. Biolage? Biolage. B-I-O-L-A-G-E, I think it's spelled. So natural. And either that or Aveda products are really good. Okay. Uh, this goes for both of you. Who is the most underrated guy each of you had ever worked with? Brad Armstrong. I knew that answer already. Mikey? Underrated? Underrated. You were like, man, I work with this guy, and this guy doesn't get as much credit as he should. He's really good, Kid. in your opinion. Kidman. Billy Kidman. Uh, Mojo Riverfish, E.J. Miller, good friend of the show, says, finishers are moves that were too dangerous to be used. You think that cuts to the fucking face in the corner? (laughs) (laughs) It was only done once. Any move that you thought, eh, I'm not doing that one. That one's not going to happen. The vertebraker thing. Oh, that's, well, um, wait, the vertebraker. Is that the, uh, like homicides, what do yes. they call it, cop killer or whatever? Yeah. He gave it to me once, and then he took care of me. So I just, it depends on, you know, and I was scared to death to take it. He he reassured me, he says, I will take care of you. He's, He's professional. <laughs> <laughs> yep, he did not humble me. <laughs> Wow. Um, was the vertebraker where somebody would, they do the double underhook and then like yes. flip yeah, them yeah. where they're like straight up in the air? Your head's by his ass? Correct. On yeah. your back. No, yes. no fucking way in this world. I would be scared I shitless. I know. I would See, if defecate. I was younger, I probably would have taken it. But as I got older and my neck started getting bad, I saw that and I'm going, yeah, that would be a big right. no for me. And wow. at that point, this was on my my last run. And so... You know, I knew I was a mess already, but he's probably, I mean, I've known him a long time, and he's probably the only person I'd trust giving me that. Nice. Uh, some people that I had some really good conversations with over the last week who've interacted with us on social media, Stephen Clark. <laughs> Stephen Clark. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> Stephen Clark, I'd like to Put say more what's More free up. plugs. Lance. I, I did hey, talk. Stephen Clark, by ad time, I'll talk about you all day long. I, uh, I you sneeze. <laughs> I know that sound. I know. I talked to uh, Lance Hoyt slash Archer after uh, Wrestle Kingdom. Talked to him. Um, there is a new podcast that is going to be coming out, the Jay-Z Flair Show. Good dude. He's going to be coming out that? with one. It is uh, a new podcast that's going to be Why coming out. Why are you out. talking? You're talking to Lance Archer. Why Just was because? I talking? 
I wanted to congratulate him on the job he did at Wrestle Kingdom. And he but said you thank you. But you didn't do that. I did. You just, you just said that you talked to him. I did. I talked to him on social media. Why, why are you telling everybody that? I wanted to important? say thank you. He got back in touch with me. I just congratulated him on a great job he did at Wrestle Kingdom. Right, right but why are you telling everybody? What are you, my mom? What the I'm hell just is asking, you? Like why, like, why are you... I am just well, telling... I talk to this guy, everybody. Okay, you know what? Wait, just what saying. was the podcast? Jay-Z Flair, did you say? The Jay-Z Flair show, yes. Right, who is that? Is that like a cross between... Is that Jay-Z and Ric Flair co-hosting? No, it, it is not. It is a new podcast that's, that's going to be out there. Yeah. Well, who's, who's doing it? You, oh. Wait, hold it. You follow it. Jay-Z and Ric Flair. You, FR, exactly. FRM Pod follows the show. That's not me. No, but we as the show follow it. Let, I move, know nothing. I'm not going to Moving on, me. moving on. My goodness. I know what their, their, uh, the show's music should be. What? Have you heard that rap song, the Ric Flair Drip? I did. I did hear that. Yeah, that should be their theme song. Jay-Z Flair song. So those are our listener questions. Those are some shout-outs to some people who I've talked to. Last thing I'm going to say here before we say our goodbyes is if you are a promoter of a wrestling show and you would like to go ahead and get the word out on your promotion, maybe help move some of those tickets or even sell some of your merchandise. If you have a training school, you'd like to try to garner some more people for your audience, or you'd just like to go ahead and move some of your own merchandise, let us know. Get us up here on social media. You can reach me at Mike Freeland. I'd be more than happy to talk to you uh, about what ways that you can uh, promote some of your stuff on our show. So if you're a wrestler and you're like, man, I'd really like to get the word out on some dates that I'm going to be at, some places I'm going to be at. If you're a promoter, you got a couple upcoming shows or whatever. If you own a store, if you own an online store, let me know. We will talk and we will find a way to help you grow your audience. So that's all I wanted to say about that. <laughs> I gotta go, guys. With that being said, I'd like to thank Mikey Whipwreck and Jerry Lynn for another awesome episode of Front Row Material. If you enjoy what we're doing, go to Pro Wrestling Tees, get a Mikey and Jerry or an FM Pod shirt. Hit them up on social media uh, at Mikey Whipwreck underscore and at It's Jerry Lynn. All right, guys, that's going to do it. Anything else you want to say before we say goodbye? Goodbye. Goodbye. Okay, that'll do it. We'll catch you next week. The world of NLW Radio never stops. <laughs>